October um, from 10am and we'd love it if as many people as possible were able to come and help, even if just for a little bit of the time, but it's from 10 o'clock. Um, our main, well, we'll just see how much we can do, but the thing we really, really want to make sure we get finished that day is um, cleaning all the walls and, and so forth in the kids' building because we want it to be properly prepared for painting. So um, running that, you know, like sugar soap and all that kind of thing just to make sure that it's all really, really clean. So if you're able to come and help on um, Saturday the 2nd of October from 10 o'clock, that would be amazing. And we were thinking of, actually, if everyone... If you're going to come, that would be amazing. Just bring something to share. We thought we might have lunch together, um, spend a bit of time. That was, it was an idea that Huia had, and I thought that was quite a good one. So if you've got something that you... We'd probably have lunch around midday or maybe 12.30. So um, please, because it would be a nice time of um, connection with each other too. So yeah, just wanted to mention that, and I had my diary there to remind me about that. The other thing was the... Uh, if you happen to uh, go to New World to shop and you get any of those little garden things and you don't really want them, please feel free to bring them to us because we'd love to give them to the preschool across the road because they love to grow plants. and then they So they grow them from the seed and they're just learning about the cycle of plants. And so uh, then I think they probably will plant them in the community garden just out there. So... That would be amazing if, if you do happen to um, have some of those. That would be great. So good morning, you guys. <laughs> I am speaking this morning on Seven Mountains, and it's the final week for this. Uh, I've saved the mountain of religion to last. <laughs> so uh, as I have said before, Numbers thirteen twenty one says, but truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. You know, and, and that's the, the whole earth. You know, and before the rapture of the church, that's what's going to happen. God's kingdom is going to be experienced on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus said, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the seven mountains, I'm sure you'll probably be able to say what they are now after so many weeks. But media, family, arts and entertainment, economy, religion will do today, and also education and government. I did those two last week. But Satan has distorted the seven mountains. He's done a pretty good job of it, actually, in every area of our culture. He's had a long time to do it, though. We only have, I don't know, maybe 90 years sort of in our life. But uh, he's had centuries and, 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 and millennia to work on this. So he has had an advantage in some ways. But you know what? God's got another plan. And uh, despite what Satan's done to distort the way it's meant to be, it's not going to be like that at all for long. Because it's our job to expose and remove the lies of the enemy. And I believe that God's glory will be seen on the earth. So I'm going to talk today on the mountain of religion. And I want to start with this. True religion is relationship, trust and intimacy with God. It's relationship. It's not, it's not anything else. It's not knowing about God isn't enough. We have to know God. 
And on this mountain, God is our redeemer. We see God as redeemer. He's our redeemer. And his love on this mountain is displayed as honor. And it was so fitting that we were singing about honoring God and and loving God and worshiping God and honoring him. So honor, that's showing God genuine reverence and deep respect. So it's not about following a set of religious rules. It's not about following rituals or behaving out of obligation to him. Showing God's love through this mountain is all about honoring God and subsequently honoring others as well. So I really want you to catch what I've got to say today about this because if we, this is going to really transform us. So the enemy uses the strategy or the lie that we have to actually earn salvation. We have to earn a right to know God. We have to work hard to try and please him or even appease him. But the truth is that God has given Jesus his son as our redeemer. And actually, we don't have to do anything at all to earn salvation. The enemy wants us to believe that God only notices us when we perform religious rituals or follow religious rules and that we have to work hard all the time to be good enough for him to even be interested in us. But that's, that's a lie from the enemy. The demonic principality over the mountain of religion is the religious spirit. And this spirit seeks to pervert true worship to God into false worship and idolatry. So the strategy he uses in this mountain is a strategy um, whereby people are prevented from experiencing God as their redeemer. Um, The purpose of the strategy is to steal worship that should go to God and alter it in such a way that prevents people, stops people experiencing the goodness of God Those church bells are beautiful. Very fitting. (laughs) You know, Lucifer, he was was one of the three archangels. So there's Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel, all with different roles. And Lucifer, as we know, was the one, well, hopefully you know. If you don't, I'm about to tell you. He was the archangel that rebelled against God and decided he wanted to be like the Most High himself. But he, before he fell, he knew what true worship looked like. He, he had an intimate relationship with God. But Lucifer, went, after he's fallen, he's perverted this by making worship of God, worship of God into a ritualistic thing and, requ- and requiring us to strive and attempt, in an attempt to p- appease God. Now, to appease means to dispel anger so if you think of appease it means you know god's angry with us and you know i'll do this to try and make you so you're not gonna be angry with me so that's what the enemy wants us to believe but actually that's not at all how it should be so a religious spirit seeks to make insignificant and earthly issues more important than issues of the heart So a religious spirit seeks to make rituals, rules, and laws more important than relationship. 
So there are ways that we can recognize a religious spirit. And it's really important that we can recognize it in ourselves, actually. And here's some of the signs. I don't think I've got a complete full list, but this would give us an idea. Um, can be very controlling, is one. Can be very opinionated as well. Very opinionated. Does not submit to the authority of their pastor. <laughs> Unteachable. So that means they're not willing to take anything on board. They think they know it all. Uh, so it's important we think about what are we doing in ourselves. Critical of others is another one. Tries to be outwardly holy, but is lacking that inward transformation. And that's really what religion's about, isn't it? It's this false thing. It's this sort of hollow shell. But really, true religion is relationship. It's everything in here. It's not knowing, God, knowing about God. It's knowing God. Doesn't like change. Is another one, doesn't like change. Is legalistic and doesn't understand grace. Yeah. Can be very judgmental as well. And this is a good one. They have a mindset and attitude which is quick to recognize sin in others, but not in themselves. So why would that be? It's because being judgmental, having a judgmental mindset and attitude. So it's so important that we recognize it because it's not very pleasant when someone else has to point it out to you. It's true though, eh? And people even in churches that are modern and charismatic can have religious spirits. So who's the real enemy? It's not people, is it? You should know that by now. It's the, it's the enemy, that Satan and his kingdom of darkness. So people who don't believe in God or people who think differently than you are not actually the enemy. Satan has deceived many into believing that religion is all about following sets of rules, following sets of practices um, to try and appease or please God. So Satan has blinded many from the truth that we actually have the freedom to know God intimately. Isn't that amazing? I don't think there's any... There, there, first of all, our God is the only living God. But there's no other God that you can intimately know. So God wants to have a genuine relationship with us. He's not an angry God that needs to be placated, which means to be made less angry or hostile. But he's a loving and good God. And as I've said before, just as there are ho um, demonic religious spirits, there are also hosts of um, angels that are assigned to this mountain. And their, uh, their job is to assist in revealing that Jesus is our Redeemer and that we can't actually earn salvation. We can't do that. 
nor do we have to work hard or behave to know God. So I'm going to go back and explain how things happened from the start. So when even Adam and Eve sinned, and when they ate from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this, it was the sin that caused that separation from God. It wasn't God saying, oh man, you've been naughty, I'm separating you. No, actually it wasn't. It was the sin that forced a separation. And from that time until the time of Jesus, when he died on the cross, they had to make yearly animal sacrifices to cover the sin of the people. Um, but God loved the, and he had a plan right from the start, and it says it all through the Old Testament, prophetic words about Jesus the Messiah. So God had a plan right from the start, that he loved the world so much that he gave his only son, John 3.16. Not only was God the Father willing to give his son, but Jesus, his son, was willing to give his life. For mankind as well. G- uh, Hebrews 12.2 says, uh, says that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. So he saw beyond the cross, he saw the joy. And he was willing to endure the cross to get to that joy. That's exciting, eh? So Jesus was willing to do that for us, to make us right with God again. So when Jesus died on the cross, he was sin-free. He had never sinned. He's the only single person ever that has never sinned, and that's because he didn't come from the seed of Adam. So because he'd never sinned, he was the perfect sacrifice. And and that sacrifice was enough to cover the sin of mankind forever, once and for all. Um. It says that in Hebrews seven twenty seven. So for those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, they're made right again with God. No separation. That's a cool, eh? So the amazing thing about God is that he knew that because of mankind's sin, we could never be actually good enough, so he was willing to sacrifice himself. I've never heard of any other God that's ever done that. Uh, John fifteen thirteen. Um, Jesus actually said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus did the ultimate of laying down one's life, didn't he? Jesus proved his love for us by his willingness to lay down his life. He wanted us to be part of his family and he wants a close relationship with us. He loves us and he wants us to love him in return, but He wants us to willingly choose him. And that's why he never forces anyone to do anything. So when we have chosen him, we're in covenant with the almighty God. We're clothed in his righteousness. And we can come to the throne room of God boldly. That's exciting. And the amazing thing is that when we get a revelation of this, not a religious set of rules and rituals, but an actual relationship, we learn who we really are. We learn our true identity. We're royal people. This is our identity in God. We're royal people. We have been made kings and priests to God. 
and that's in 1 Peter and also in Revelation 1, it says those things. In Revelation 1, it says to him, that's Jesus, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he has made us kings and priests to God and Father, to his God and Father. So when we gain a revelation of this, that we are holy people and kings and priests to God, we will want to please him. We'll want to behave royally. Eh? We will want to conduct ourselves in a way that brings honor to God. So our assignment on this mountain as the body of Christ is to display and exhibit honor to God and others. So remember, God never ever forces anything, including salvation, on anybody. Salvation is a gift, and it's up to the individual to choose it. And so the mountain of religion should be a place of truth, of revelation, of redemption, of honor, and a place where the Holy Spirit is free to move. So ultimately, the mountain of religion should honor our God by honoring our Lord Jesus as our Redeemer. So that means that when Jesus is received as Redeemer in our society, and this is going to change, this is going to look very different to what it looks like currently. When Jesus is received as Redeemer in our society, honor to God will be restored in a way that it was always meant to be. It will be great, eh? be really exciting. doesn't mean that everybody's going to choose God, but everyone will know there is God and that Jesus is Redeemer. So the best way to honor God is to accept him as Redeemer, <laughs> accept him as our Redeemer and our Savior and Lord. That's amazing, eh? That's very cool. And uh, looking in amongst you, I can see virtually all of you know God already, which is great. You know, Jesus came to reconcile us to God, not to judge us. And God put 99% of the effort into our salvation. <laughs> we only need to put in the 1%. Not only that, but there aren't any conditions attached either. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all you have to do. Just accept it. It's amazing, eh? It's incredible. Jesus put in such a lot of effort. God the Father did. First of all, he, he decided to send Jesus as his son. Jesus had to decide to change his form to that of a man and come to the earth as a man. And he went through some awful stuff. And I want to tell you a little bit about, and I was reading this last night in my Bible, went through all of the Gospels, just the part from where he's arrested through until he's crucified. And just in that short space of time, these are some of the things that happened to him. He was whipped. He was lied about. They, they had to lie to get him to be crucified. He was spat on. He was blindfolded and beaten and mocked. 
He was sneered at. He was actually slapped. Um, he was wounded. He was betrayed. And he was blasphemed. It's quite a few things, isn't it? And Jesus did all of that for you. So therefore, to advance the kingdom of God in the mountain of religion, we show that Jesus is the only way to be reconciled to God. There is no other way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It's the only way. And we also show as well that there aren't conditions attached. So God doesn't say, yes, you've got to, to receive salvation properly. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord, and then you've got to live by the Ten Commandments, and also you need to live a holy life. Um, all of those things are good, but the thing is, and what I was saying before, is that when we get a revelation of what Jesus has done for us, we're going to want to do those things. They're not rules that have to be obeyed. That's the mindset change that we need to make sure we've made on this mountain. Because we can't earn salvation. Um, Ephesians, we've been saved by grace, eh? not works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that it's not of yourselves, it's a gift. It's a gift of God. And not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's not anything we can possibly do. It's by grace. So God has made an incredibly honorable offer to mankind. Therefore, the consequence of rejecting such an honorable offer is so great as well because it is dishonoring to reject it. Hell is the consequence of rejecting this honorable gift. Hebrews 2.3 says, How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That explains that really well, doesn't it? Therefore, the kingdom of God can never be forced on anybody. God made us in his image with a free will to choose. So the amazing thing about this is that the difference between the God of the Bible, for example, and every other religion is that God was willing to do what we were not able to do for ourselves. He wanted to pave a way to have a close relationship with him. Um, the way we behave or think after forming a relationship with him is a response to his love, not a requirement to obtain his love or favor. So, for those whose assignment is on the mountain of religion, it's not enough that we know about God, we must know him in our heart. We ha must have relationship, because remember I said at the start, true religion is relationship, trust and intimacy with God. So we must genuinely know God as Redeemer. We must know him in here. We need to become fully acquainted with that. We need to make sure we know how God shows his love through honor, honor to God and honor to others. So we must, as I've said before, as the body of Christ, we must intentionally operate with the opposite spirit, so not a religious spirit, um, of how the kingdom of darkness operates. So we must imitate and honor God by showing his unconditional love. 
because he loved us so much that he made 99% of the effort that it would take to redeem us. And all we have to do is do that little 1%, that little step and say, yes, Lord, I accept that, what you did, thank you. So here's some points. First is, and I've kind of covered it, invest time in God's word to make sure you really do have a deep revelation that you don't have to earn salvation. He'll never push you away, ever. The second thing is that, and this is, a, this is important, know that you can love people unconditionally and radically without having to push salvation on them. Because God never loves with an agenda. Hey, he doesn't love with an agenda. The Holy Spirit draws people to Christ. We, may, we might plant the seed, we might water the seed, and we might lead someone to the Lord, and we should do all of those things. But it's the love of God that's going to draw them to him. So we don't need to go out with this kind of thing, oh, I have to, have to lead, you know, if I talk to them about God, I must lead them to the Lord. Not necessarily. You've got to show the unconditional love of God um, and yes, people do need to be saved, of course, of course. It's about, the, uh, it's about having un- really deeply understanding the unconditional love of God and the goodness of God and showing that to people. It's about honouring God and honouring people. The third point is when you lead someone to salvation through Jesus, show them that it's about grace and relationship, not rituals and rules to be obeyed. It's about grace and relationship, not rituals and rules and laws. The fourth point is, have a heart of compassion for those who are caught in dead religion or idolatry because they are serving a very hard taskmaster, a very, very hard taskmaster, a God who requires much of from them and doesn't do anything for them. And that's, that's, that's a, that is not relationship, is it? The fifth point is be quick to recognize a religious spirit in yourself. So reflect on your own life and recognize when you're putting more importance on following rules than on your relationship with God when you're placing more importance on completing earthly tasks than on having your heart set on God, Um, when you're more focused on the schedule than on allowing room for the Holy Spirit to move. And then we've got point six. It's my granddaughter. (laughs) She's very cute. Point six, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and follow his leading and learn to hear his voice. So remember that we can allow other voices, including our own voice, to drown out the the Holy Spirit's voice. Uh, And in this busy world, it's actually really easy to allow the voice of the Holy Spirit to be drowned out because the busyness of life doesn't lend itself very well to hearing from God. And sometimes we just need to find a quiet place. And, and, you know, sometimes what I do is I'll, uh, even in my car, I might just say, thank you, Lord, 
I won't shut my eyes though if I'm driving. <laughs> but I'll say, thank you, Lord, for your presence. And it's really interesting because I feel a change in the atmosphere when I do that. So yeah, so just invite the Holy Spirit and invite his presence. And expect him to move in unexpected ways when you submit to him. Make sure you surrender to him. And the last point is, honor Jesus by making room for the Holy Spirit. It's very similar to that last point. Be open to supernatural experiences with God that might be unlike anything that has been seen before. Now, if you, if you did happen to have a bit of a religious spirit, you wouldn't feel very comfortable about that at all. <laughs> Maybe that would be a, an interesting, um, yeah, little test, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, things will happen in our services even that might seem a bit strange to you. But, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to move in a way that he hasn't moved before. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. And there's a, there's a way that you can, you know, you can, you know when things are wrong. But, uh, yeah. So first thing I wanted to do is just see, is there anybody that doesn't know Jesus that wants to make him their Lord? I don't think I need to say anything else about that. <laughs> nope. It must mean that you're all saved. Yep. Okay. That's cool. If, you, if you're too shy, please talk to me afterwards. You know, because this is the... You only have to make a 1% thing. You don't have to do much at all. All you have to do is just say, yes, Jesus, I do accept you. Thank you for doing what you did. Uh, and that's it. It's so easy, yeah. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. You know, we've got these seven, there are seven mountains. We would all have influence on more than one mountain. And depending on what you do for your work, Think of your work as ministry, by the way. Whether you're at home with family a lot of the time, that's ministry. No matter what you do in your job, that's ministry as well. Consider it as a ministry from God. If it's a job you cannot stand, ask God to, maybe you're in the wrong job if you don't like your job. You need to do, a, you spend 40 hours a week working, you might as well do something you like, right? So it might be an indication that you're in the wrong job if you really can't stand it. However, God can also um, change your attitude towards your job as well. So only you will know that. But God really wants to see this happen, and, and it's going to take us. He's not just going to blast out of the heavens and change everything, because we're his body. We've been made joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And that's amazing, really, that he's relying on us, mere humans, who have chosen Jesus to actually make a massive change in this world. But that is what it is. That's what Jesus has done. That's what Father God has decided. Isn't that amazing that he's chosen us to be vessels for him? And so, yeah, I just want to close in prayer. And then, and then we will have uh, a little, I will offer a little bit of time for prayer if anybody would like prayer for anything at all. Um, so yeah, Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to teach on these seven mountains, Lord. I've learned heaps uh, over this time, and it's been a massive, um, yeah, it's been a really great time of learning, Father, and it's, been, it's, it's altered my mindset 
in lots of different ways. And I thank you, Father God, that you're giving us all a, a greater clarity, greater understanding, uh, depth of knowledge and revelation from you, Lord, um, about what we can individually do in our own life to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is meant to be, as it is in heaven, come on earth. So thank you for that, Lord. Amen. So um, the band's very kindly come on up and um, they're going to play something while, uh, if anybody would like prayer, then now's a great time to receive prayer. Bless you guys. If you, if you really need to, you can go out to the cafe and talk, but if you need prayer, then, and if you want to stay in here, then um, please just remember we've got an atmosphere of honour to God here. Yeah, so come on up if you'd like prayer. And myself or some of the other leaders will pray with you.